I'm Farai Chidea. On One with Farai, we have real conversations with intimacy, intellect, and revelations. It's a show about how visionaries integrate life, work, and passion. Join us on SoundWorks from PRI. Out of Syria and into Lebanon, today, Monday, November 10th, this is The World. I'm Marco Werman. More than a million Syrians have fled to Lebanon. It's a scary change if you're a kid, but for at least one young Syrian refugee, something good has come of it. I have the best friends. They're just like sisters and brothers, and I'm popular in here, thank God. And the teachers are really good. We'll hear her story, and later... I don't think we'd really thought that something like this could have happened. Not, not here in... You know, this advanced medical world we were living in. No, not Ebola, how SARS rattled Toronto in 2003. Plus, keeping a nervous eye on Russia's military. There have been simulated cruise missile attack runs against Denmark and also against the United States and Canada. Support for PRI's The World comes from TIAA CREF a financial services company helping to create financial outcomes that matter. Learn more at TIAA.org. I'm Marco Werman, and you're tuned to The World. America's Ebola scare seems to be over. In Texas, 177 people in the Dallas area who'd had some connection to the three Ebola cases there got the all clear. In Maine, Casey Hickox is also now clear. She's the nurse who battled authorities over quarantine restrictions. And in New York, infected physician Craig Spencer is continuing to improve. So is it over? William Fisher is a doctor at the University of North Carolina. We spoke with him back in July about his trip to treat Ebola patients in Guinea. We caught up with him again today, and he says it's still early to declare ourselves Ebola-free. To be honest, we won't be Ebola-free until um, until the physician in New York is actually declared free. I think that's the first thing. I think we've gotten over that first hump of initial sensationalism that, that and fear that goes along with the, the recognition of, uh, of a new virus in the United States. But the reality is, is that we are not free in, until the epidemic that's occurring in West Africa is over. So would you describe things here right now as being in a constant risk until then things are clear over in West Africa? Is that, that sounds like what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I think we have to put the focus where the epidemic is. And I think that uh, we made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, and we've been able to uh, regroup from those initial mistakes and really implement the full strength of our infection control mechanism that's in this country to be able to control an outbreak and prevent an outbreak from really occurring. But I think the focus still has to be on West Africa. All right. I know we should be focusing at the source, but we'd like to speak with you about just kind of like what we got right here in the States. So you, yeah, you said w- there were a lot of mistakes made. Is there one thing that you can draw out that was a success that you think really should be looked at as something that needs to be reproduced in West Africa right now? So I think one of the, the major strengths of our response uh, was once the recognition of a case in the United States was made, the Centers for Disease Control put a tremendous amount of resources in into tracing contacts of that known case. And that contact tracing is really following people who've had contacts with a, a person who is suspected or confirmed to have Ebola and making sure that they don't develop symptoms. You know, that's a key part of this. And that's something that needs to be done, you know, more effectively in, in these affected countries. It's just 
it's so much more difficult given the you know the scale of the epidemic over there. We had you know one case in in Dallas, and um, and you saw we had hundreds of contacts that had to be followed. Mm. You know now imagine doing that same contact tracing for ten thousand cases. And what about the quarantines that we saw put into effect here in the states? Were they necessary? Did they work? I mean, w- there were, there was a lot of debate about that. I don't think the quarantine did anything. And you know who have we quarantined? We've quarantined this nurse who's tested negative on multiple occasions. We quarantined uh, a, a contact of Dr. Spencer's, you know, who has never become symptomatic. I think we're seeing an, an expression of fear. You know, and I think it's important to recognize that this is emanating out of fear and not out of science, because I think that provides us an opportunity to intervene and say, hey, listen, you know, we understand you're scared, but let's go over, let's discuss how this virus is transmitted, who is at risk of transmitting the virus, and who's at risk of becoming infected. And I think fear is an opportunity to educate. Do you think that conversation has happened here in the States, or are people just not talking about Ebola because the headlines aren't screaming Ebola as much?